Hi, David. How are you? Hey, what's up, man? How are you? I am great. How are you doing? Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you just fine. I'm awesome. Uh, very excited. I love Fanboy Nation, so thanks for wanting to chat with me. I'm so excited. Oh, come on, man. My Persian cousin's talking to me again. I can't, I can't resist, you know? <laughs> How have you been? I've been good, man. I've been good. I know you're busy. You know, I don't know where you're finding time to sleep. You ha- you just had teachers, Suicide Squad's uh, filming right now. You got Dune that you're working on. You got all sorts of stuff coming. Reprisal's coming out December 6th. What, you know, I'd ask how you're doing, yeah, but dude, I know you're doing great. Speaking of Reprisal, I am... Yeah, I just ran from set of Reprisal. I literally just wrapped the season. Actually, right. I just completed my last shot on season one of reprisal and um i love those guys so much and they're so good to me and um we've really formed a tight bond especially my little gang called the three river phoenixes which is me and um reese wakefield and mina masood and um the whole reprisal family actually came out saturday night i had a um a signing event at memory lane comics in wilmington north carolina and I, I I looked up from my table and the whole cast and a bunch of the crew were there. It was really awesome. So you're hanging out with Aladdin now and just like getting the whole Middle Eastern connection going yeah, on top of everything. Yeah. <laughs> you know it, man. Absolutely. That dude is so awesome. Um, I'm really excited for him. I mean, the world is his oyster. He's about to, he's doing so much cool stuff, but yeah, exactly. Well, dude, you're all over he's the place. Trifecta. Yeah. And you're doing it too, and you're, you know, so season one is officially finished, and you know it's going to be premiering on Hulu. You know, what is it like to finally get? I mean, because you, they call it like you know the ten year overnight success. I mean, you started with the Dark Knight, and then you just keep moving and going and going. And Ant Man, like you're on in all these superhero movies on top of it. It's crazy, you know. Um, I. I I never, you always have to dream big. You have to dream as big as you can possibly dream. And then when you think you've dreamed your biggest dream, you've got to go bigger. I believe that's the way that you, you find your journey, your path. And, you know, I've set big goals for myself and I've always, you know, um, especially after I, I got clean, clean and sober 17 years ago. And, and when that happened, I, I looked back at the years that I had spent as an addict and I thought like, I have so much to catch up on. I have so much time I've lost in destroying myself. I want to now really take it to as far as, take it as far as I can with, with building the life that I, that I dream of. And, and so, you know, it's really, it's really, it's really incredible. And it's a miracle, in fact, that like, from just a a crowded field of Chicago character actors, like Christopher Nolan, scooped me out of a crowd and I, and started me on this path, especially when you know that I'm a fanboy myself and that I was, you know, had been collecting comics my whole life and that that was such a dream for me that, um, but now I've gotten to be in so many cool properties and I've gotten to be a part of so many neat stories. And now what's happening in my life this week is I'm telling you, man, this has been the biggest, most rewarding 
creative experience of my storytelling journey. And, and I've had, as you know, so many incredible, rewarding experiences. But this, um, this Count Crowley, the last year of being fully entrenched in the creation of and the, you know, now seeing it manifest into actually a paper comic book for the first time just a few days ago, um, there's, this is, I, I, I can't even describe it. And it's with Dark Horse Comics. It's one of it's one of the biggest independent comics in, in the world. Yes, it is like um, it's it's like it's 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 like you know your favorite production you know like co- company that makes the like awesome you know movies that you really love. Going like, oh, we want you to come and make a movie with us. It's like. You know, it's like it's like a twenty four calling me and going, "Hey, let's go make a movie together." You know what I mean? Like, it's right. it's really surreal. And um, and Dark Horse, because I am such a lover of horror and and horror comics and and just the genre of horror in in all forms of storytelling. The fact that they wanted to 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 you know facilitate and produce this this story that I created um, because it is based in the world of horror. Um, it was such an honor to me. I just, I've been reading, you know, Dark Horse. I, I discovered Dark Horse in probably the early 2000s and and started to get really into um, the Mignola verse first. Mike Mignola's characters and stories is what, what lured me into Dark Horse. And then from there, I discovered dozens of titles that I, that I love and collect. So pretty right. awesome. Yeah, and now you get to work with them. Did you ever think in your depths of uh, essentially self-mutilation with, with various addictions, you know, I mean, you're, you're beating yourself up from the inside out, whether it's alcoholism or, or various drugs, opioids or whatnot, that from right, your lowest right. point all the way up to now you're starting, starting with Kevin Pollack. You know, you're working with James Gunn. You've worked with Christopher Nolan. You have your own comic book coming out. Did you ever think that any of this would have been possible for you? No, there was a point at which my my life hit its absolute bottom where I wanted, you know, nothing more than to escape the hell that was heroin addiction through um suicide. I mean, that's as that's as low a point as as I think any most people can reach and it definitely was the lowest point for me. And I believed, you know, that there was no hope left, that there was no possibility. And, and the saddest part was with, with the combination of my, my, my crippling depression, I really believed that, like, the world was just better off without me. And this miracle happened. I, my life was saved, and I found, the, like, the miracle of recovery and i started on this this path which was a very long very hard path i mean it was years and years of just showing up to a job that i didn't really love getting home with barely any extra pocket change enough to get you know uh and like a tombstone pizza and watch rent dvds and then on saturdays or every other wednesday I would go down to Graham Crackers Comics downtown Chicago and like buy my comics and 
writing and, you know, but, but it was like this very long journey. And then I slowly eked, you know, my way back into the world of acting through theater. Thanks, thanks to the miracle of support and, you know, friends and people who believed in me. And then all of a sudden this thing happens where one of the greatest filmmakers of all time, who's making a movie about one of, if not my favorite comic book characters of all time, um, plucks me out of this crowd to be in his film. And it, and, 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 and it, it must be how people feel who are struggling financially. And then they get like that, that, that Powerball ticket and they find out that they won like, you know, a hundred billion dollars or whatever. <laughs> right. That, that's, that's, I don't know, you know, how to equate it to much more than that because I just, and, and, and it started me on this roller coaster ride, um, that has been, you know, just one really incredible experience after the next. And, and again, like I said, like with all this, this, this huge consortium of incredible opportunities that I've been given and, um, these worlds that I've had the gift that I get to play in and help to create, um, being a part of the Marvel universe, getting to be a part of Peyton's Ant-Man films, which I just adore. And I think they're so true to, um, so much of the spirit of, of Marvel and comics and family. And then now, you know, jumping around the world with these different, you know, awesome, uh, projects and titles, making Count Crowley and collaborating with, this insanely gifted artist, which is Lucas Kettner, and then this amazing colorist, Lauren Affey, and then uh, our editor and the whole team there, and writing these stories and being given the, the liberty from Dark Horse to just let my imagination run wild and bring all that I want to into these stories, darkness and boundary pushing and monsters and, 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 and the big ideas that I want to wrestle with. And, and seeing that it's now going to be, you know, manifest into a real tangible comic book. That's just, uh, it's just, uh, it's like, um, I don't know, nothing short of, um, a miracle. And what's it like for you? Like how surreal is it? Because, you know, you said Batman was one of your favorite characters and he was created by Bob Kane and Bill Finger to now sit there in 80 years after the creation you know, although they've passed on, be able to refer to yourself as a colleague, as a comic book creator, just like Bob Kane and Bill Finger. Well, I, I, those are your words, man. I mean, that is, <laughs> that is, that's fucking surreal. Um, here's like, okay, think about this. So, you you know, you go to comic shops your whole life, you know, from the time I'm a 12 year old walking into Clint's comics in Kansas city. And just there's that feeling you get when you're looking up at the wall of all the new titles or when you're like digging through all of the back issues and looking in the long boxes and like, there's just that, that feeling you get, right? Like you get your, 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 your heart races, you get a little bit overwhelmed because there's just so much coming at you and you're finding your favorites and then you're finding your new discoveries. Um, so the fact that I'm now, as of this week, walking into comic shops that I love, including Clint's Comics in Kansas City, where I'm going to go in about a week, um, 
and seeing, you know, Count Crowley, reluctant midnight monster hunter, by David Desmontin, like those words on the, the typeface on, on the front of a comic that's on that shelf amidst that, you know, cacophony of, of, of comics titles. That, that's just, and it's going to be right there next to the works of, I mean, you name it, you know, it, it, it's going to, uh, I, I, that's, that's nuts. That's right. nuts. You're gonna sit there and be next to Peter Tomasi and all these other guys, you know, and just uh, your name's on the shelf, you know. <laughs> Think about that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I um, I just actually published or posted a um, well, Dark Horse did. I did like a comic mixtape of um, some comics that I really have been enjoying lately, or especially for Halloween time, like horror comics. And I'm like. You know, when you think like Evan Dorkin's got books that are on a shelf that are going to be next to mine, or obviously Mike Mignola, or you know Paul Tobin, and any of these guys, I, I think right. like that's nuts to me. That's nuts. Yeah, it, it's got to be just. It has to be just fun in itself. But you mentioned depression and you know addiction and everything else. Uh, is there a point because depression creeps in and it'll sneak up, sneak up on you out of nowhere that like, you know, God forbid, I mean, you'll, you'll end up feeling this, but at some point does it like creep in and go, why you, why now? You know, cause you've been through so many bad times yeah. or are you able to keep your mind clear and go, yeah, no, I fought to get here. No, but here's the thing. Like, the dark shadow that that follows me lives with me. It's a part of me, and it's always there. He's like the bizarro version of me, and he's the the dark passenger part of me. He's the werewolf version of me. He's the guy that you know. He's always in the back seat, or he's he's down the you know. He's just around the corner in the shadow, and so. I have to, it's a responsibility for me um, to maintain my, like, my, my, um, my weapons cachet. Do you know what I mean? Like, if I've got, like, a Van Helsing has a, a satchel full of his tools, I have to keep the same thing. Now, mine may not be holy water and crucifixes. Mine is antidepressants, a good therapist. Um, a good psychiatrist, a wonderful support group, a uh, strong, open, trusting, you know, relationship with my family that I continue to work on and continue to build and strengthen my spiritual, you know, practice, my physical health and, and being physically fit and eat, how I eat and how I take care of myself. There's all of these things. And then all of a sudden, sometimes inexplicably and anybody who wrestles or struggles with depression, anxiety, or depression, you know, or, 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 or addiction, um, in any of its manifestations, not just alcohol, drugs. I mean, I was a heroin addict, but you can be addicted to so many things. Um, sometimes the monster just like Godzilla can just come rise out of the ocean when, when you think it's a peaceful, quiet day at the beach. And, so I always have to be 
ready. And that, that doesn't mean, by the way, that I have to live in fear, mind you. I, I can live open, vulnerable, you know, ready to experience the beautiful, you know, um, joy that comes out of the present and being in the moment and, and all the, <laughs> all the incredible aspects of this, of this experience. It's just, it does come and it creeps into my mind and it, and it always will, which is why it was really, it's been really rewarding for me to write Jerry, even though, you know, she's a woman, there's so much of myself in this character. And one of the things that is uh, a part of Jerry is, um, you know, I, I believe in monsters and I, and she's going to come to believe in monsters and to come to learn about the monsters that are living amongst us. But the, the battles she's going to have to wage against the monsters are going to be, um, you know, pretty much as, um, as difficult as the battle she's going to have to wage with the demons that are within herself. Right. And all of that darkness swirling around within her and, and, and figuring out if she can battle it is going to be um, really key to her survival. And so there's so much of myself that I'm able to imbue into, into her journey. Well, there was no bigger monster in the late 19th, early 20th centuries than Aleister Crowley. And I assume that's where the name comes from for Count Crowley. <laughs> but did you get it? Did you learn about him through Ozzy Osbourne and the Blizzard of Oz album with Mr. Crowley? Or did you do other research that, that brought the name about? And what did you name your own personal monster, if he has one or not? Huh, that's a good question. So <laughs> I, 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 I think my fascination with Aleister Crowley was... You know, I didn't think about that probably a lot inspired or, or like obviously through Ozzy Osbourne, but also because I've been a um, horror hound and reader and collector of, of, of the occult and horror stuff for forever. His name is just synonymous with, you know, magic and art and um his whole, you know, the, the whole crazy religion that he started and um, all the, you know, all that. Um, I, I think, though, that, um, that when you look at the tradition of horror hosts and like Sven Gulli all the way back to Zachary and um, Empty Graves and, and, and Vampira, like there was something really cool just about that name too that I that I loved. It really had a good ring to it when you think about tuning in on Friday night for Creature Feature Theater. Like right. Count Crowley, it, it, it just made sense to me. It just fit. And then, you know, the monster. You, so you're saying if I was a monster, what would the monster be? No. What would his name be? Was that no, your your personal like you know because you look at the your depress your depression as this outside entity infecting you and taking over. Did you name your depression? Oh 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 oh. Um, no, but I have always said if you took the depression, the addiction, the all the darkness I have, I visualize him 
And I see, I can see him. He's this dark. It's like, imagine me, but with no light whatsoever. So it's, it's, it's almost like a version, a sh- the shadow version of myself. And it's as if all of the, if I was to like, if I was to put him into a comic book and I was trying to describe to the artist, like how we would, we would portray him. It's as if not only all of the flesh, but everything underneath the flesh had been scalded to the point of being charred, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, I can see him, see him clear as day. Like I'm sitting here and I'm looking 50 feet away from me at a, 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 a shadow under a tree. And it's like in my, it's not hard for me to conjure in my imagination that that monster and it, and it, and it can just, it, at certain times it, it's, it's that right beside me. There's certain times where it's crawled in, within me, but yeah. So I have a feeling he's showing up in the second graphic novel in the installment of uh, Count Crowley. <laughs> you know, that's interesting. I, 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 I've, I've manifested in different ways in my stories with, um, with Count Crowley though, like the metaphor of the werewolf, you know, for the concept of addiction is kind of wonderful because in the world of Count Crowley, monsters are absolutely real vampires, werewolves, zombies, um, witches, there's, there's all form of, of, of horror creature exists in the real world, but all the mythology that we think we know about them has been a lie. So one of the smartest tactics that the monsters have used over the last generations have been by infiltrating, um, news and media and trying to find ways that they can funnel fake news and fake information into our society. So if you think that a silver bullet is going to kill a werewolf, you're wrong. If you think that a wooden stake would, 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 would end the life of a vampire, you're wrong. And so Jerry's going to have to learn all of that stuff. But when it comes to something like a werewolf, and this is really important to me, there's something really fun and exciting and horrifying in her adventure where you're going to have to figure out, well, then what would stop a werewolf when she's actually confronted with the werewolf? But, what if a werewolf is, what if there is, and, it, and it's traditionally been the case with a lot of the best werewolf portrayals, like you think about Lawrence Talbot, the character that Lon Chaney Jr. plays in The Wolfman, he's a sympathetic character. You, I like that guy. Like, I care about him. I think he's a good person who happens to be in a shitty situation. So, so if the tradition of the appointed monster hunters in the world of Count Crowley is to say to Jerry, the only way to stop a werewolf is to kill a werewolf, and here's how you do it, and it's pretty fucking hard, by the way. It's really rough and gross. Um, but she's like, but this guy, is he irredeemable? Isn't there some other way that we can save them? And tradition is telling her, no, there's not. But she believes, or she will come to believe, that possibly there's a way you can, that you could, that you could save somebody from, from lycanthropy. And, um, and I feel that way about even the worst, the worst, most, spiraled out of control addicts that I've, that I've been, you know, that have been a part of my life or when I was at the lowest and worst, when, when you believed that there was like no way that you could root that, that inner destructive crazed, you know, wolf out of, and yet 
somehow managed to make it happen. So I want Jerry to, that, that's going to be part of Jerry's journey, you know? Well, I'm thankful that you're still with us and that, you know, your sobriety has helped us connect with you on a personal level, but also with your work. Thanks, man. Yeah. Thanks. It's a, it's, it's, I believe at the end of the day, the best thing that stories do is they remind us that we're not alone. <laughs> like whether it's a really kick-ass movie or an awesome comic book or a great novel, you see little things about yourself and your journey reflected in good storytelling and they can be really fun and entertaining, but sometimes there's moments when you go, Oh yeah. And you really have a, a sense of recognition and you feel just like a little bit less alone. Cause that's one of the biggest tricks of the darkness in this world is this trick. And that's a trick of depression. That's a trick of the, of, of darkness that, wants to convince us for some inexplicable reason that we're alone and we're not we're in this together you know absolutely now moving on from picturing your own darkness and your own personal enemy we'll move on to lucas's artwork with jerry bartman and what was it like when you finally saw what you described to lucas on what you wanted jerry to look like and she came to life on the page you know, you saw the pencils, and then you saw the inks, and then you saw Lauren's colors and everything else come about. Like, what was, what did that feel like to you to go, yes, this is exactly what I saw in my mind's eye? Hey, guys, sorry to jump in, but this, I have that, to ask a question. We're running out of time. Okay. 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 No worries. That was, that was one of the most emotional, um, creative moments of my of my life. But so so when Megan Walker suggested Lucas Kettner. I, we sent him script one uh, of Count Crowley, and he read it immediately and, 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 and not only wanted to be a part of it, but he sent back his initial vision of what Jerry would look like. And I'm telling you, man, opening that email and opening that PDF, it, I, ha I, ha I, I, I had to go sit down. I couldn't catch my breath. It was like staring at something that I've been envisioning for so long. And I've had that experience now for the last year, time and time again. Every time he sends in new pencils, I just have to go for a walk and carry my computer around me. Every time I get the inks in, I have to go find a place. Like, it's such an emotional experience. And then Lauren's, you throw in Lauren's colors, I, I it's, it's, it's truly, yeah, it's, it's, it's been one of the, you know, you, you People ask me if I miss getting high, uh, and I, I don't. I, you can't compare the high that I get when I open those PDFs that Megan sends me with either the pencils, the inks, the colors, the merged, um, you know, issues. There's, there is no high like that, and that's, that's not lip service. That is, that is the truth. Well, my friend, you have me smiling from ear to ear. David, David Desmalchian, actor, writer you know, survivor and now comic book creator on top of everything else. My friend, it is always a pleasure to talk to you. I know we have to cut it shorter than what we want, Thanks, but you know how work goes, right? Yeah. Oh man. Oh man. That's the way it works. Uh, well, we'll, we've got much more to talk about in the future. So let's do this again in a couple months, please. Absolutely. I would love that. Wednesday, October 23rd, hit up your local comic book All store. Right. Look for, look for Count Crowley for coming home from Dark Horse Comics. Thanks, uh, man. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Take care, David.
Thanks, everyone. Uh, all right. Bye. All right, man. Talk to you soon. You got it. Be safe. All right.